Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Your pod. Here I am again, riding on the S-Bahn, S2. It takes you all the way from Pankov in the northeast of the city to the west end of Berlin. Assuming you've been in Berlin before, this is how you saw it. From 1961 to 1990, the metro line was split in half. It had two final stops in central Berlin. The passengers would get off and see the empty train cross the forbidden border. From West Berlin to East Berlin. From East Berlin to West Berlin. This is the Berlin that Merkel knew, where she worked for multiple years between her late 20s and her early 30s. The Berlin that would soon become a memory. My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta Angela Merkel. A Europod series. Episode 2. The fall of the wall and Angela at the sauna. In the first episode, I introduced you to Angela Kastner. But how did Miss Angela Kastner become Mrs. Angela Merkel? In May 2008, Angela Merkel and the French president at that time, the conservative Nicolas Sarkozy, were in the German city of Aachen, also known by its French name, Aix-la-Chapelle. Nicolas Sarkozy is about to wrap up his official speech. And that's when he addresses Merkel's husband. Mr. Merkel! Mr. Merkel! It was awkward. See, the thing is, Merkel's husband's name is Joachim Sauer, not Merkel, Sauer. Because before tying the knot with Sauer in 1998, Angela had already been married, married to a certain Ulrich Merkel. The two married in 1977. They lived in East Berlin, but divorced a couple of years later in 1982. But Angela decided to keep his name, which was the norm at the time. Sauer 
He's a very well-renowned chemist in Germany. Kind of a little something that she kept from her past life as a scientist. In 1986, with a doctorate in her pocket, Merkel became a chemist at the Adlers of Chemistry and Physics industry. She doesn't get involved in any political activities and largely keeps her ideas to herself. Of course, she spoke her mind during private chats with close friends. The most borderline thing that she did was openly supporting the Solidarność protest, organized by Polish Union against the communist regime in the 1980s. Though the Stasi, the German secret services, knew about her support of the Polish protests, that was about it. Overall, they weren't very worried about her. Authorities even offered her a job in the early 80s. Of course, she could not say no. But you can't tell the Stasi. You don't want to cooperate because you hate their guts. That's like surviving under a dictatorship 101. So, if you were in her shoes, what would you have done? She blabbered on and on and on. She made them believe she was not the discreet and reserved young woman they thought she was, and that she was incapable of keeping a secret to herself. October 1989. I don't care how many people tell you, oh yes, they predicted the wall was going to fall. They were all wrong. It came as a total surprise. It was an accident, the way in which it occurred. And so these people were just very open and candid because to them, all of this was new. That was political scientist Joyce Mushaben, author of Becoming Madame Chancellor. We interviewed her already in the first episode. You can find her as well as all the guests of the series in exclusive bonuses on www.europod.eu. The Berlin Wall had been built in 1961 to put an end to escapes from east to the west. That wall separated families and friends and split the city in half for almost three decades. But it was much more than that. This wall was a symbol of the separation that split in half the whole of Europe. History had just taken a turn, and with it, the lives of millions of people. Can you hear that? It was in November 1989. Thousands and thousands of Berliners were gathered in a howling crowd After years of crumbling, the communist regime of Eastern Germany is about to collapse. And after some misunderstandings, it decides to open its borders with the West. People are happy. They are dancing, shouting, crying, laughing. Where is Merkel in that crowd? Many have asked that question. Because anyone who was actually in Berlin on that night has a story to tell and loves to tell it. So where was Merkel? Well, she wasn't there. No crowd for her, no. No iconic and mythical story. Are you ready? She was, wait for it, at the sauna. 
at her weekly appointment with a close friend. She did on the way home, walk past the wall. But, and here, stories diverge. Some say she crossed it and went to eat oysters with her mom in a West Berlin hotel. Others say she headed straight back home because she had to wake up early the next day. The person you are about to hear is Michael Schindeln. He is now a famous filmmaker and a curator, but he originally studied chemistry and worked in a lab in East Berlin. You've guessed it, in the same one as Angie. Zunächst einmal würde ich sagen, dass das vielleicht entscheidende biographische Ereignis im Leben von Merkel wie in meinem First, Leben I would say that the decisive biographical event in the life of Merkel as in mine was probably the fall of the wall and the end of the GDR. Merkel was 34 or 35 at the time. I was about 30. We were young enough to start our lives again. Our parents did not have this opportunity. Their professional perspective was already relatively shortened. But for us, it was possible to imagine a new start. And many people took their chance, because they understood that the social, political and economic certainties under which we lived in the GDR, although uncomfortable and unacceptable, would no longer apply. Realizing that something that has dominated everything until yesterday can suddenly disappear today, and seeing a situation opening up unexpectedly, allows you to rethink everything and forces you to take over your life again. Germany was changing. Merkel saw that. And as I told you, Merkel is not one to ignore the signs of time. The world she had grown up in was about to collapse forever. Diese Erfahrung this experience is so deep that I would say that this is what people of my generation, coming from the east of Germany and Europe, certainly share with each other. Of course, they each dealt with this differently. However, what perhaps applies to Merkel and me is that, like thousands of East Germans, we try to make the most of it, although in different areas. We try to embark on a new career path, to start anew, to strive for different career perspectives, different than what was the only possible until a few weeks or months before. Whole new horizons of possibilities suddenly appeared. Yesterday, she couldn't even imagine teaching Russian like she originally wanted, because she was a pastor's daughter. Now, she could do anything. She could be anything. She left her laboratory once and for all. She had a new obsession. Politics. She wasn't the only one to have a renewed interest in politics. Her mom had joined the Social Democratic Party, SPD for short. Her brother, the Green Party. Everyone was excited by the perspective of political pluralism. Angie had considered joining the SPD herself. But first, she thought she'd pay a visit to the Democratic Awakening, the DA. The DA was more centre-right, whilst the SPD was more centre-left. But overall, at that time, the ideologies were not yet very well defined. Well, eventually that group became 
a little bit more conservative, but Maribel walked into the office and as a physicist, there were all these boxes of computers and fax machines that were sitting around. East Ger uh, West Germans were donating equipment like crazy, hoping, of course, to get a foothold in the new party environment in the East. And so she was the one person who knew how to put the computers together and get them up and running. So that's how she started out. And that's how it all began. In those small offices in Prenzlauerberg, the former Bohemian district in northeast Berlin, she kept coming back, every day. They needed help, and she was there, ready to give a hand with anything they needed. But one day, in March 1990, the party took a turn. Their leader, Wolfgang Schnur, fell. Why? News broke that he had worked for the Stasi as an informer. To replace him, the democratic awakening, had to find someone who would clean the plate. And what better than a dissident churchman? Rings a bell? I did not think of a career for myself. We were not professional politicians. There was not such a pathway as there is today. For example, nowadays, if you want to get politically involved in the CDU when you're young, you can join the Junge Union, the youth organization of the party. Then you can try to make a name for yourself if you have the intention to make a career. Rainer Eppelmann took the lead. We've heard him already in the first episode. And all that fuss surrounding the party gave Merkel an opportunity. A month earlier, Schnur had appointed her press spokesman. And now, there was a frantic crowd of journalists outside the building of the HQ. No one wanted to confront them. So, she did. Also, um and she did it brilliantly. She was so calm and so articulate. And there, she and I cooperated closely for the first time. That is, when I realized that she was a reserved, competent, friendly, helpful and smart woman. We then worked together to further develop the Democratic Awakening, the DA. Together we tried to make the DA and its program known throughout the GDR, and not only in Prenzlauerberg, where the offices were. In March 1990, the DDR had its first democratic elections. Unfortunately for the democratic awakening, the scandal about Schnur had harmed them pretty roughly. They didn't even make the 3% threshold to get their members elected. Lothar de Maizière, CDU's leader, became the DDR's first and only elected prime minister. His objective, negotiating reunification with his Western counterpart, Helmut Kohl. At someone in mind, he wanted to suggest to De Maizière, someone who would be perfect. I suggested to him to designate Angela Merkel as the new government spokesperson. However, Lothar de Maizière told me that he could not do so, as he had already promised this opening to someone from his own party, the CDU, noting that she could nevertheless be appointed as deputy government spokesperson. And just like that, after only a year, 
her political life was well on track. She was the Eastern Deputy Government spokeswoman. Und dann hat sie Glück gehabt, der Pressesprecher hatte Flugangst. Then she got lucky. The government spokesperson was afraid of flying. In other words, he could easily take the train or the car from his home in Erfurt when traveling in the GDR. But if Lothar de Maizière and his staff had to go to London, Moscow, Washington or Paris, he could not always follow them because of his anxiety while on the plane. Because that's the thing. People loved to have Merkel work for them. She was efficient and a very hard worker. And at the same time, she was discreet. She was never out of place. In a word, she didn't seem ambitious. She made her superiors feel safe and unthreatened. <laughs> a few months later, in October, she won her seat in the Bundestag, the German parliament, which was at the time in the city of Bonn. The reunification of Germany was taking shape. That's when the Eastern Democratic Awakening merged with the Western CDU. Sounds familiar? The CDU is Merkel's current party, the Christian Democratic Union. After a year of work, the German reunification finally took place in the fall of 1990. When it came to the formation of the first German government, Helmut Kohl had already chosen the members of his cabinet. However, Lothar de Maizière told him that it would be crucial to have Angela Merkel as part of it. So, who could fill in as a minister? A young DDR woman. Who could that be? My question to Angela Merkel. La mia domanda ad Angela Merkel. Ma question a Angela Merkel. Mi pregunta Angela Merkel. A Europod series. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen. Listen.